give it a shot. If you feel that it's something you want to do, give it a shot and, and see. And if you don't like it, you're going to learn either way. You're listening to Work Hard, Parent Hard, a podcast by Mirza. Mirza is a company on a mission to close the gender pay gap. Our inaugural season, How to Dad, is all about masculinity and fatherhood for the modern parent. Hi, I'm Saran Tao, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Mirza. Hi, I'm Mel Faxon. I am the co-founder and COO of Mirza. I'm not a dad, but I've still taught other people how to throw a football. Can you teach me? I can, to be fair, taught by my dad to me, but happy to pass that on. Mel, you mentioned that you know how to throw a football and that might be important for today. Who are we talking to? Today, we are so excited to talk to Carl Banks, who is a former NFL linebacker. He spent 12 years in the NFL, was part of two Super Bowl championships with the New York Giants. He also founded and is now the president of G3 Sports by Carl Banks, was one of the first NFL players to really get into fashion, start their own business and make jackets for extra tall people. Carl is also a dad and has five children that he raised while working as both a player in the NFL, supporting his wife's career, who's an educator, and then moving into creating his own business and chatting with him about how he navigated all of those different decision points, still managed to stay involved. So to start, Carl, can you tell us about how you define masculinity and what you define as being a good man? Well, masculinity in my view and how I teach my my sons, my men, is number one, respect for all humanity, respect for women, doing the little things that show that you respect women and respecting yourself is very important because if you respect yourself, you'll respect others and everything flows from there. You do have to know how to tie a tie. (laughs) Belts are required in your pants if your pants have belt loops, but that's about it, you know, and uh, being groomed, you know, Uh, but it's it's respect for humanity and self-respect is where I think masculinity really starts. And if you don't have self-respect or you don't respect humanity, then chances are, you're going to end up with some toxic behaviors. Do you have ways that you think people can start to build that self-respect? Like, how do you help cultivate that self-respect in kids? I think it's from positive reinforcement. I think it's self-confidence at a young age for young men is very important. Seeing themselves in a, a positive light as can do young men, will do young men, making them feel that they are important at an early age is, I think, crucial. If you're going to criticize a kid and tell them they'll never amount to anything, then that's just toxic right there. You know, they're inheriting toxicity because then they'll go through life thinking that they're never going to be anything. And their quest to prove you wrong sometimes manifests itself in more toxicity. So I think, you know, for kids, you've got to instill a self-worth. You've got to, you know, make them feel a sense of confidence in the things that they do. Even in failure, feel like you can get it the next time. Not that you'll never get it. I think that's important. 
Could you tell us any stories of raising your kids to be good men and good people? My son, CJ, tore his knee up in high school, and he was a pretty good basketball player, and just helping him navigate that and letting him know it's okay if he didn't want to play basketball anymore. He's a very smart kid, so, you know, basketball is still his first love, and probably would have been a college basketball player. But I think after the, even after the knee, he could have, and he did resume playing basketball, but he just never wanted to pursue it beyond high school. He just was, he was just okay. And I was okay with him being okay. That's one. And then my oldest son loved basketball and tore an Achilles a few years ago. At that time he was 29. No, he was 30. And he called me and he's just like, devastated, you know, and just being there, working with him through his situation. And then, you know, the dating life for my sons is interesting, especially my oldest, who has had some difficult relationships and understanding where he should exit sometimes if, if the relationship is not functioning the way it should. And it it heads in the wrong direction and understanding that it's okay. You don't have to stay just like, you know, with women in bad relationships, they don't have to stay. Or if both parties are not good for each other, neither one of them, they should feel okay that it's not necessary, you know, for them to just stay in it. It's the male that's looked upon to be the bigger person in relationships. And so I encourage my, my young men to be the bigger person. You know, sometimes it takes two to argue and if no one wants to exit, then it just becomes a bad thing and dysfunctional. So helping them in those areas is something that you do as a parent, as a father. Especially the relationship point ties back so well into what you were talking about with self-respect, because if you don't have like that self-respect and that kind of knowing that sense of who you are, it can be really easy to go down into those toxic relationships in a workplace or in a personal relationship. But being able to like advocate for yourself is such a big piece of it. Moving on from the relationship advice that you've given your kids and thinking about your own relationship, how did you support your wife during parenting? Well, you know, there's always a good cop and a bad cop. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes support is just as, as simple as being on the same side with decision making, you know, and not letting the kids play one off, off the other. And then continuing along those veins of like siding with, with mom, how did you both balance like your own careers and like supporting each other? Early on, she was almost 100% supportive of of my sports career while going to school to get her advanced degree. She's a doctor now of psychology. So for me, it was more being supportive of her continuing her education as she was the stay-at-home mom, but she was not prohibited from pursuing whatever she wanted to do. If she wanted to, to get back in the workplace, she was... She had my full support. I mean, yeah, I think it's great that you were both able to kind of keep your identities as 
your careers evolved both like individually and also as parents. A lot of the people that we talk to feel like once they have kids, they kind of lose that other side of themselves. So Carl, as we talked about, there are just so many different aspects of, of our identities and you were able to bridge this gap from your identity as a football player into your identity as an entrepreneur in, in fashion. Can you tell us more about how you made the change and why you've decided to make the change? Well, things started changing the second year I got into the NFL because I had an interest in fashion. So I started developing different small capsules and collections and experimenting. Uh, Obviously, being in New York allows me to have access to sample houses and things of that nature. So I just started developing different concepts. And one of the things I noticed was the sports leagues didn't have leather coats. And I got into the business as a leather coat manufacturer as kind of a way through the door. And then my greater goal was to be an all-encompassing sports apparel company, which I am now. But it started off with big and tall leather coats my second year in the NFL. And I just continued to grow the business. I partnered with G3 three years into it because they are the largest manufacturer of outerwear in the world. That's incredible. Just having that goal in mind and knowing what you're going to work towards while you're still in the thick of it. The thing about knowing what you want to do is fun. And I encourage everybody to explore the things that they want to achieve because you'll find out if you still want to do them or not, or you should pursue something else. When you say people wander through life and they have no plan, it's okay to try things, but just know that you really want to try them. You know, don't, don't dip your toe in the water and say, ah, it's too cold. Let me go do something else. Give it a shot. If you feel that it's something you want to do, give it a shot and, and see. And if you don't like it, you're going to learn either way. It's so valuable to learn what you don't like as much as learning mm-hmm. what you do. Absolutely. So. You know, trying different things and exploring your interest is something to this day I still tell my kids because they're, they're still in their early 30s or 20s. And so that's the time to where you explore your interest and you try to develop your, your interests or multiple interests to see what you like and, and to find the thing that you're passionate about. I think when you explore your interests, you find your passion. And um, I, I encourage every one of my, my kids to do it. That's why sports were not a mandatory thing in the house. It's like, yo, if you don't like sports, don't do it. What do you like? My my daughter, Carmen, who's on her way to being a veterinarian, she loved bugs her whole life. And this is a long time ago. I think when AOL was still out, she created her, her email address was Bugs Rule. And she's <laughs> always had the interest in animals and insects and stuff. So, I mean, she went to school for it. She thought she wanted to be a veterinarian, and she ended up pursuing being an animal scientist. So, I mean, listen, if you like it, explore it. If you and, And if you're passionate about it, you'll stick with it and develop it. So, Carl, part of why we were so excited to to talk to you, in addition to all of this, is that you're part of the Scotch Porter campaign. 
and we would love to hear about that experience, why this is important to you, why being uh, being that kind of role model for men is so important to you. I know a few of the principals at Scotch Porter. I thought that it was just such a positive campaign that spoke to young men, black men, and it, 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 it gave a positive message. It, it, it talked about the things that are important to manhood, if you will, but the things that are important to humanity and, and being a, a functioning part of humanity. So I just thought it was just a great campaign. They allowed me to tell whatever story I wanted. They kind of gave me kind of a, a framework of what they wanted to message. And they said, whatever you want to put in that, it's yours. Just work within these parameters and you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved watching your video and, and all the other participants in it. What was the kind of feedback did you get from, from people? A friend of mine called and said he cried because he, you know, being bullied early in life and just felt that the, the message resonated with him in, in terms of his self-worth now and, and how he should view himself. So, yeah. That's got to be a, a very emotional, but like, proud moment to like know that you can like give that permission to someone else well the thing is i had to give myself permission because i i you know i'm pretty guarded outside of of my close friends and family and i just went out there you know i just i decided it's something i wanted to do i did it and it was from the heart and authentic and that was the result of it it resonated with with people and i'm glad that it did that was the purpose well, I think it's uh, safe to say that this conversation is also going to resonate with so many people. Thank you again so much for taking the time. This has been Thank absolutely Thank you for incredible. having me. Thank you for having me. Next week, we are talking to Elliot Sherman, professor at London Business School and hilarious American. He's one of the only men I know who gets just as angry about gender pickup data as most women that I know do. To get more information about us, please visit our website. It is heymirza.com. And in case you're wondering, Mirza is M-I-R-Z-A. You can also follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mirza Says Hey. We also have a YouTube channel, uh, Mirza Musings, because we love alliteration. Work Hard, Parent Hard is hosted by Saran Sao and Mel Faxon. It is produced by Connor Arthurs, sound engineered by Georgina Hahn, who also wrote and composed our theme song.